Hey, everybody! It is Yasser! I forgot my line. I'm just kidding. It's Isaiah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are from my brother Sneaker, and we've got a little announcement. We are teaming up with a podcast app called Spoke to give you three exclusive uh, episodes. Uh, Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. The Spoke team handpicks the best moment from a ton of podcasts and creates playlist clips from a bunch of shows. And you can just search and try them out and find anything that you love. For instance... Oh, yeah. There's a playlist on there uh, called Slice of Life, which is all about like crazy, incredible things that happen to everyday people. Like, I just learned this, bro. I just learned some people pay their bills on time, dog. Oh, is that a thing? Dog, people will have a bill due date and they will pay that bill before then. That's crazy to me. Before then. You know what else is crazy? What? Spook also has a a lot of fun, exclusive content from Feral Audio. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, like our tournament episodes, they're going to be, oh, like, yeah. you know, there's going to be stuff like Sleep With Me, a lot of our, our other great shows here at Feral. You don't want to miss it. Yep. Download Spoke now. It's free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of my brother's sneakers exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash my brother's sneakers. Model boys, cute boys, round butt boys all day. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high-performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Feral Audio. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. If you like my theme music there, that is a band called Les Blanks. You can go to lesblanks.com and check out more of their stuff. If you are a first-time listener of my show, thank you very much for uh, listening. It means a lot to me. And uh, the title of the show tells you exactly what it is. It's a conversation with me and an individual. And uh, usually somebody... I talk to a lot of writers, musicians, artists, uh, some freaky-deaky 60s political activists and whatnot, and uh, today is uh, uh, really excited to have Jerry Stahl on the show, who's, uh, I'm sure you're aware of, wrote the uh, that uh, memoir there, Permanent Midnight, I Fatty, which I'm in the process of reading, because he was kind enough to give me a copy, I couldn't find it, it's out of print, I don't dig that, uh, but uh, phew, what a book, really great. Um, if you like Jerry Stahl and his work, you, uh, and and you like, uh, I have uh, other authors like uh, Danny Bland who wrote the great book In Case We Die. That's probably an episode you would like, or my episode with Poe Ballantyne, who is one of my favorite living writers, who also writes a lot of uh, truthful life stuff, uh, and he was a vagabond for like thirty years, sort of just drifting around. Uh, really great writer. Uh, so check out those other episodes. 
Uh, I'm really excited about this episode because, you know, I've been debating lately because a lot of times I just do this intro and I just do the bare minimal and I get into the fucking conversation with somebody I interview and I really go back and forth if I should talk uh, a lot or, you know, just tell some kind of story or something about my goddamn life Um and you know you can go to thematdwyer.com and you can email me and you could uh, tell me if you if you want to uh, uh, hear those. <laughs> I don't know. Any feedback is good because sometimes I just you know I talk to such these people with such huge magnificent lives and I'm like, what am I going to tell you about it? Another tale uh, of my girlfriend and I going to the farmers market. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, she made banana bread today and I ate a half a loaf. Is this the story you want? But what's great is this episode with Jerry Stahl, uh, it kind of, uh, he, uh, he started asking me questions. Actually, he started asking me questions pretty goddamn early. So it became very much a conversation where I tend to usually drive the thing. Uh, but uh, So there's a lot of sort of exploration of one another's lives, and we actually weirdly have a lot in common, so it was kind of... It was kind of, uh, it was really cool, um, and it was a bit different than the other conversations I have, and also was a lot funnier than a lot of them I had. Uh, not that, you know, some of them are hilarious, but, uh, you know, when you have a conversation with a Black Panther, it's kind of difficult to interject a, uh, you know, a couple, jo- or like Mark Rudd from the Weather Underground when he's, you know, if he's talking about blowing up a building in the 60s, he, he kind of really can't toss in a lot of jokes there. <laughs> it's a little difficult to find the levity there. But uh, so this episode, actually, I get, if those of you have been listening for the whole two years, you get to learn some stuff about me, which I'm really excited about. I was excited to um, expose more of uh, the Matt Dwyer. Uh, the Matt Dwyer dot com is my website, so go check that out and... Uh, and one one other thing before we get into the conversation, Mr. Stahl and I uh, had such a good time, and he, so we are going to do another interview next month, and the goal is, the plan is, you know, to do it once a month, um, unless, uh, you know, things blow up in uh, the world, and we don't exist anymore. <laughs> Jerry Stahl and I will do... Once a month interviews for eternity. And that's my promise to you. Forever. Uh, let's get into... This is an incredible uh, episode. I'm really excited. Let's uh, let's get it going. Do cold. I uh, yeah, I like, research. Like to know everything. I like to know what I'm doing, and then I like to try to uh, throw it away because I if you I feel like sure, if yeah, I'm too married yeah, I like to that. it. You don't walk in with notes, which is cool. Um, well, I got them on my computer. Oh well. But I <laughs> could have lied. lied and impressed me. But I rarely uh, like I uh, interviewed Phil Ranelin the other day. I don't know if you know him. He's a jazz dude. Actually, mm-hmm. plays with Wayne a lot. Yeah. But uh, I don't personally know who he is. But I didn't uh, I didn't touch I didn't touch my notes. I feel it's. I don't know. Then man of honor. 
Don't touch your notes. That's a first for sure. Uh, <laughs> do you ever have anybody just get pissed off at you while you're interviewing? Uh, no. I, uh, I, did, I did a Playboy interview. I used to do that kind of stuff with uh, Mickey Rourke. And one day he got really pissed, and it was like the greatest part of the interview. He just got like insulting and weird, and it was so fucking great, even though it was heinous to sit through. Yeah, I recommend pissing off your subjects. Is what I'm what I'm saying. I think I'm too afraid of conflict. <laughs> yes, I know what you, you never. You know, I got beat up too much when I was young, too. Yes, so I, I mean, as did I, man, frequently. Why were you beat up? Uh, well, it started with dad, and then it just bled out to the neighborhood. <laughs> and then I think once you once you pick, uh, I guess you start carrying that victim thing around with you, and it's. And I think other people yeah. feed on it, and then it's hard. I, I I really think it took like 30 years to shake. Yeah. If not more. Where I, and I still feel like once in a while, like, people will just, like... Yeah. And I work at a uh, kind of a, a bar that's... Uh, Which one? Bar 107. It's uh, on 4th Street downtown. So it's you a stone... characters in there. Yeah, it's real... I mean, downtown is so mixed right now that it's... Yeah. It's so... Yeah, it's weird. I've lived here long enough to be creeped out by what it is now. Kind of. Yeah, do you... Because you talk in some of your writing about how you... You, you hated L.A. Has that changed at all, or do you still sort of... No, I was just... I hated it. I mean, you know, clearly it had nothing to do with L.A. I could have been in Minsk, and I would have had Minsk issues. I mean, you know... Are we on, or are you just... Yeah, we're oh, on. good. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, it was just me. I, I like the place as much as any other place. You know. You're not one of those, like, yearn for New York people? I love New York, but... Uh, Last time I've been there, you know, it, it seemed like weirdly corporate, and uh, uh, everyone yeah. I knew was squeezed into Queens or you know Jersey or something. I'm afraid that that's starting to happen here. I think it's going to take a little bit longer, but definitely downtown. And now they're building all kinds of bullshit. There, I think there's a big plan know, for the now, river. You know, just the fact that Eagle Rock is trendy. I mean, it's like the end of the world. I know. How long have you been in this neighborhood? Uh, I lived in Silver Lake Echo Park area for like a bazillion years, and then the sort of the clank of wallet chains just became overwhelming so I had to move a little further east so I, I moved up here and then it you know of course it got trendy nothing to do with me but, uh, it anyway, may be. I sound like some dick it's great <laughs> it's a fucking great neighborhood LA's wonderful and do you know God the bless America writer Danny Bland because he said I do not uh, he said, uh, "But I have a horrible memory. We could be oh, best friends. It's, yeah. it doesn't. But he said, I'm too old for a wallet chain and." Too young for a, a cell phone holster, which I thought was <laughs> interesting. Nicely put. Yeah. Though, are you ever really too young for a cell phone holster? No, I don't. I don't think Wearing so. One underneath. Are you? <laughs> That's why I'm squirming. I do uh, like a cop one. Yes, you do the. Uh, yeah. Sure, the armpit holster. See, that will start in Silver Lake. I could see that being. Uh, yeah, I could see that happen. You, you know what? You're Echo Park, right? No, we're Glendale. Glendale. Not, not well, to intimidate. Yeah. We're right on the. Cowed, but I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts in Glendale? We're right on a half block outside of L.A., so we're by the Target. So we have cheaper car insurance, but nice. we can go into Eagle Rock for cheaper pizza. car insurance and slightly more racist police. Yeah, but when you need them, it, they are quick. That's but they are racist. They stop the black man often. Yes, that poor black man. He's always getting. <laughs> 
Poor bastard. He must be so tired. He never goes to Glendale anymore, I think. Is what he, he learned a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, we, we live by a bunch of weird hotels, uh, so, or motels, where there's a lot of... Oh, yeah, whereabouts? Uh, like, right by... Do you know Scarantino's? I that just got this chair out of the closet, and I haven't sat in it for years. Do you want to trade chairs? I suddenly realized, I'm going to look like one of those douchebags wearing a sack He's Look at him in a sack chair. <laughs> I think I'm going to trade out, because this is severely uncomfortable. <coughs> um, do you want... No, no, no. Because I can just slide this one. Oh, you know what? We're playing musical chairs. Yeah. Oh, now I can do this. Ah, great. Going to my traditional half-lotus comfort pose. Um, yes. Are you a meditator? I'm meditating now. Uh, yes, yeah. life is meditation. What about you? I can tell you're... I did this morning. Did you for how long? Uh, I didn't time it. I usually time it, but I th- by the incense... meditating? <laughs> I beat my personal best. I did. I was actually, yeah, I, I was thinking. Blue lights. And, yeah. That's nice. We could have a, a meditation have a off, yeah. Yeah. That's what you do after a certain point in life. You, you get tired of fighting people and, and so goals, so then you just see if you could spiritually off one another. Nice. Uh, but I was feeling anxious, and, you know, I, I was hesitant whether to bring this up. but the, or anything in general? Uh, the Robin Williams thing really stirred course, up a lot of shit yeah, with everybody. Of and uh, like I texted with our friend Jonah Ray, and it was, it w- like it was. I mean, I met the guy once when I was eighteen, but I felt he was such an influence on. S- sure. And it yeah. was heart. I mean, it was heartbreaking. It felt like a someone I knew passed away, which you feel corny about because it's like, oh come on, it's just a showbiz guy. But hardly just a showbiz guy, you know. But uh, I think you feel corny because so many people express condolences who just make it about them, so it becomes kind of tainted. You know what I mean? It is, yeah. When you see stuff on the social media, m- everyone has to make it about themselves. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> but, you know, there's that great, uh, it's like a march out of George Bernard Shaw quote. Uh, he always says, ideas aren't responsible for the people who embrace them. So so go ahead and grieve, and don't worry that a bunch of lame asses yeah. are phoning it in to look That's good. true. And it made me... W- it's my advice to you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. It made me question what... Uh, and I guess this is something, because I'm in my mid-40s, and I think when you're in your mid-40s... I can't even remember my mid-40s, so <laughs> to me, you're a, you're a tyke. You're a virtual toddler. But I, I mean, yes. d- I feel like I look, I'm look. i looking back at a lot of my life and going, mm. uh, I don't know, trying to figure out what choices I made and what screwed me up. Do you feel like you made choices? No, I, I think I, for most of the year, I, I think I ad- acted out of ego and entitlement. Uh, Interesting. Quit bragging. <laughs> Jesus, I don't even know you, and you're honking already. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel like Robin Williams is, is for everybody who's started doing what I do, that mm-hmm. guy achieved what everybody wanted, and it's like, that surely proves that, you know, I mean, granted, he probably had some imbalances in his brain, but it's like, that shit means, it really is, mean. it's meaningless, that kind of success. Tough to say, you know? You can kill yourself because you're a failure, you can kill yourself because you're a success, and it doesn't fill that God-shaped mommy hole inside you, you know? Yeah. If I may be so spiritual. <laughs> I don't mean to quote Kierkegaard right out of the gate, but it's just hard not to, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, the things I've come to uh, trying to deal with that that mommy hole over the last, mm-hmm. I'd say, 10 years. Yeah, well, it sounds like you had a rough, rough, you know, you came up hard, man, with your old man beating, kicking your ass and stuff. It, my childhood was definitely 
Yeah. Where'd you come up? Where'd you grow? Outside a suburb of Chicago. Which one? Streamwood. Mm-hmm. Not memorable. Uh, very working class. Yeah. Uh, not like one of the nice suburbs. It was more of like during white flight, but like here's here's. It wasn't Skokie. No, <laughs> no, it was pretty rough. And my yeah. r- youngest of five, my dad was pretty. My all my most of my brothers were very violent, and my father died when I was twelve. So it was like how did he die? Accidentally shot himself. And uh, so I think so you were that kid. I w- yeah, and plus then I had that stigma of yeah, no, I know my own ma- my father killed himself. That's too, right. So, that's right. Uh, not as you know, not as all American as. Accidentally shooting himself. But My father, for if I may make carnival with your father's <laughs> passing. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, you gotta laugh. Come on, um, that's brutal, man. So you were that kid at school whose father did the thing, and you were y- sort of branded. Yeah, and it was I already was a kind of an outsider. My brothers were yeah, the cool guys. That, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's because when I read Permanent Midnight, I I related to that aspect of your sure because I was. Because your dad committed suicide. You were 12 as well, weren't no, you? No, I wasn't. I, I had four more years than you did. But, I, you know, I'd already sort of let, you know, been shipped away from home, but whatever. You can't compare pain. But it does sort of call to mind that great Hemingway quote, you know, if you want to, you know, the best gift a parent can give a child is an unhappy childhood. <laughs> you know? So clearly he was only thinking of you yeah. when he accidentally. Very selfless. So was he cleaning it or was he? No. He, you don't mind me asking. No, he was an absolute idiot when it came. He, the, to top it off, he found the gun on in the on the streets in Chicago, and it was in a like one of those old school bank money bags. Holy shit! It's <laughs> like a cartoon. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. And even as like I, he found it a few years. It was literally in a money bag with like a dollar sign on it. In a bag. It was because <laughs> I remember hysterical. he came home with it, and I remember as a kid I was like, "You shouldn't you take this to the cops?" And if I if I maybe my memory is blurred, but I think the serial numbers were even filed off. So it was like there was dirt. I love that you handled it yourself. Oh, all the time. And it was loaded this whole time. I had, like, fucked around with the gun tons of times when it was loaded. And I, I've never shared this story once, but I... Because I thought it was unloaded, and I pointed it at a friend once. I was probably six, I know, but, and the clip fell out. Wow. So I kind of always feel like, who knows what would have happened if that clip didn't slip out. It was a twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, but then... damage to a six-year-old. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I could have fucked that kid up, Man. or and myself. But, yeah, my dad's, we were going to go camping the next weekend. My mom wasn't sure what, uh, she was reading in bed, and he was sitting at the foot of the bed, and he was saying we were going to take it camping with us for protection, and my mom's not really sure. I was in the next room. But he was very, he was very careless with gun. Like, he would, it was known. (laughs) Uh, scratch his head with him. All these things you weren't. And he Get would the fuck out of here. I scratch swear his to head <laughs> with a loaded gun. <laughs> Jesus, clearly setting an example for you. I know, kid. but if you have that right kind of itch, it does soothe because you got that. Nothing the, like the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Serrated in the end. It's. Great. And then you're also you're teetering on you know possibly killing it. Sure. Like it's a thrill. It's a thrill scratch. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I understand this. And I've then, had a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you probably had the same thing as a kid. You're. And then it's like that sort of, I was always viewed as that, that was just part of the conversation for the rest of my youth. Well, I think one of my uh, deepest, it wasn't exactly a shame, but I mean, the fact was I was like sort of secretly grateful because now I had an excuse to feel the way I always felt anyway, but didn't have an excuse before he died. You know, now it's like, well, of course you're like this miserable outsider. (laughs) 
freakazoid <laughs> drug taker. Now I have an excuse. Before that, I was just like creep, you know. Yeah. Now is it justifiable? And you also your relationship with your mother was strained because my mother that was well, a weird relationship. Well, yes, you know, there was some cuddling. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. You know, <laughs> wholly appropriate, and you know, fortunately. I grew up unscathed by any of it, completely normal. I've so noticed. it didn't affect me, yeah. you know, sexually you, or otherwise. Do you feel like that your father's death was a catalyst to creativity, or is that like too cornball of a question? I love your cornball phobia. <laughs> this, is the, this is the second mention of fear of cornball. You're a cornball phobic. There's pills for that now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like restless leg syndrome. They've invented a pill for that. Um, you know, in a way, it gave me the courage to just say nothing fucking matters because this guy had worked his ass off from coal mines to get to a certain stature in life, and it didn't scratch his itch since we're on the itch theme. Um, so, yeah, in, in a way it did. It just, plus it was sort of the tail end of the hippie era, you know, and uh, it was like fuck everything kind of. So, yeah, I think it freed me up. Yeah. For sure. And uh, I probably milked it the way one does. Yeah, I milked mine a bit. They gave me That's a why th we're friends. <laughs> yeah. we're, the, we're the dead dad club. That's what uh, I have. Uh, I had a group of friends in Chicago. So did I, yeah, the dead dad club. Oh, you, and you called it that? Yeah. That's crazy. I wrote a whole piece about it because there was, we'd get together on Father's Day and we'd get drunk. And I was stumbling home, uh, and I lived in a in Wicker Park, which at the time was like riddled with you, you could you know you could buy crack in the corner, and there was hookers everywhere. And a prostitute came out of a doorway and was like, "Happy Father's Day!" And I was like, "I don't have a dad; he's dead." She was like, "Mine too. Want a blowjob?" <laughs> oh, what a romantic! I know, but it was like the perfect. Oh, yeah. I didn't take her up on it. I was too terrified of. Uh, but you, the good news is you got a great pickup line. I do, but then I was like, maybe she just uses this every year, like whatever the just holiday like maybe is. She wasn't sincere. <laughs> like Happy Columbus Day. I'm a Native American. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you could be right. It's good you were cagey, even as a 12 year old. Yeah. You didn't want them women gaming you. No. No, sir. No. No. But uh, I'm glad you survived to tell that tale. So when are you gonna write your memoir, man? I'm actually in the process of. Of course you are. What are you calling it? <laughs> what are you calling it? This is LA. It? You got to be writing something. That is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mine is uh, kind of because after my father died, I was in a desperate search to sort of find belonging. I was a born-again Christian for a while. Never really fully bought it, though. But it was like the first group of people who didn't kick the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And then I started hanging around Second City when I was a teenager. Uh, mm. And that, I think, was more my attraction to Second City was m m less about wanting to be a creative person, which I, I did. You want community. I wanted community. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and thankfully, like, I would go so often that the staff started recognizing me and, like, were, letting were you, like, me hang. Second City mascot? I was. And uh, in a lot of ways, I think it was great for me. I think surely, you know, I did a lot, of, you know, it introduced me to drugs at a very young age but you're doing drugs with creative people which is not the worst yeah thing and it was like mushrooms and lsd a little bit of uh, look, hey. some coke party favors most food <laughs> relatively speaking you know but do you find it's harder to write memoirs than fiction or is it it doesn't it's all hard some days and it's all easy other days you know it uh i find now there's really no distinction between any of it 
Yeah. Tweets are hard. I don't really enjoy them, and I always feel like a douchebag. But you everything tweet else. Fairly, fairly often. Uh, I started to because I had a book come out. I had two books come out last year with a minimum of publicity, and actually Marin, our mutual friend Mark, really encouraged me uh, to do that. And so I did. And, you know, I do periodically because I think it's good to make yourself massively uncomfortable first thing in the morning at your computer <laughs> and then regret it all day. And then you can go into the minor stuff like yeah. screenplays, novels, and books. This, yeah, because I find I start tweeting when I don't want to be working on a book. I just retweet other people's smart shit, and once in a while I'll say something. Oh, that's, well, that's generous of you. Well, it just keep, keeps you in the game. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I don't really do Facebook because, uh, how can I put this delicately? There were just some people from my past, creepy exes, who would just show up and it would just get, so I have I, like, I think I have a fan page maybe or somebody else, a publisher, a very nice publisher of mine runs it, who uh, has a little indie house downtown over last bookstore. Oh yeah, called, I love called, that place. Uh, called rare bird press he did this book uh, bad sex on speed and uh though he does it for me because i just don't want to know people in second grade yeah it's I did, most of the people i knew or in people high from last year or yeah yesterday really very few people i you know i think you get older too and you're just more like all right get the fuck up get like go away <laughs> well yes and no you know like you switch it up you know you just flush everybody out and then get new ones yeah you know seven year yeah. rule the creepy ex, my creepy ex keeps, and like I've told her, it's like, a wife or a girlfriend. Uh, wife. Or a f yeah, it's okay. No, I've I've had two. Not you know. I'm I'm just got married for the third time. Yeah, we're probably gonna do that with that soon. That's we got I'm our saying. tattoos named on our, our, our on our arm. Well, now you're fucked. Yeah, that's <laughs> what everybody. I'm sure I'm just, everybody told you the Johnny Depp story, right? Yeah, the wino forever. I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. I think it's very romantic. Did you get them where everybody can see, or are they the like mine's in your here? And that's her Very handwriting. Yeah, Do I need my glasses? No, that's my shitty Irish skin. I think fucked it up. But she she has uh, my signature. Yeah, that's oh, that's great. You but this was my first tattoo. It's like you are each other's check. <laughs> and you 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 ver you simultaneously signed each other's life check. Yeah, I think is what I'm feeling. Well, uh, you right know, now. Uh, people are like, yeah, this is. I, a I think that's wonderful. I haven't done that with any of my three wives. Yeah, but. It just to me, it's like. Well, how dickish did that sound? Can I just put that out there? I didn't do that with any of my three wives. Any of my three wives. I, I feel like it I, almost sounds I, like I you feel still like have them. Errol Flynn in my wicked, wicked ways. Uh, no, I don't. I have one great one. Um, and I, you know, I had another child every twenty-three years. Do you have a child? Pop out another girl. Oh, you just had a girl. I, well, a couple years ago. A couple years. Wife and had it. That's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to get technical. Isn't that yeah. what your upcoming, you have a book coming out that's about that, isn't it? Or am I nuts? Uh, well, it came out last year, but yeah. That's weird, because on Amazon, I said I could pre-order it. And that's why I was like, I was like, I want to read this before I, and it, maybe I'd fucked up somehow. You know what? Nothing would surprise me on Amazon. Yeah. But uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't. Pre-order. See what you get. Keep me posted. <laughs> Maybe I wrote something I've... Uh, it also shows a lot about my, uh, you know, why I didn't do well in school and stuff, because it probably said, like, 2012 yeah, or really, something. You, you need an academic background to do well on Amazon. <laughs> I flunked Amazon the first time around. I had to... I lost my license. I had to re-up. The man who flunked Amazon. <laughs> uh, 
Imagine my shit. Actually, I did flunk Amazon. Every time I order a book, I get like seven of them. So now I just go to indie bookstores anyway, because fuck it. It's better. There's a bunch of writers. Uh, I'm my I'm tearing. You are tearing. <laughs> I like that. I've made you weep. There's uh, a you're bunch not even one of my exes <laughs> who greet me with tears. There's um, a bunch of writers fighting Amazon right now. I forget who. There was some yeah, New York Times publishing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not having that problem. But yeah. No. Yeah, they. I'm. Is is that that I know of? Right. You know. Well, my books sell in the high twos, so you know, <laughs> like seven people with. Is is the publishing company business changed that I much? I don't know. I don't know. know. I, I've always been an outsider in all arenas, so. Yeah, it's it's like it's like every business. It's like music, you know. The music business is gone. Um, if I could just spout cliche after, <laughs> if I could just echo ideas that other people have said for an hour, how clever will I feel? I think I'll feel great about myself. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. You know, the music business it's <laughs> fucked. This thing called Napster oh. came out. <laughs> I'm ahead of the curve. I'm gonna pre-order. I want to pre-order my book now and see what the fuck's going on. Yeah. If I could understand Amazon. Oh fucking Christ. You okay? You want to take a minute? No, I'm good. Are you, I, no, are you having a good time? I'm no, no, no. It's just terrible. No, I, I think it joyful weeping or. <laughs> I think Dave Alvin was the only other oh, time. I love Dave Alvin. He did the show, and I, I think you wept. He was killing me, but he his stories of like opening for Queen was he, uh, the Blasters opened up for Queen for like six months, and just the stories of how they were so fucking hated. Yes. And it was just, it was. Like the dude should do a fucking Broadway no, show of these stories. Did he talk They're, about meningitis? No, I feel like I should have. I need to get. I him. feel like I heard him talk about that somewhere, where he had some horrible disease. I don't. But I could be confusing him with a chipmunk who also had meningitis. <laughs> the other Alvin, I don't know. My dog is named Alvin. Speaking of dog, after Dave or the chipmunk? Uh you know I have to ask uh, <laughs> his original owner with whom I live. I don't know who. He just looked like an Alvin. What are your dogs' names? Charlie and Jack. See, we did the same thing. We have Willie and Alvin. Yeah, I like p- people it's names like for old dogs. Like Alkies. Charlie came with Jack, or Charlie came with the name Jack. We switched because it was uh, what the fuck was he? Liam. Liam, and it was just I don't Liam? know Liam. That's so Made, Leo. L- Liam. What, Liam, like Neeson. Yeah. Oh, I'd rather that. I thought of Oasis, and I was immediately turned off. See, that's the cultural difference. I think of men in their sixties. You think of <laughs> men in their forties. I, but I, I respect Liam Neeson. Uh, Oasis. I, I was actually in a movie with Liam Neeson. Were you really? Yes. He's a giant man. He. I heard he's huge. Nice guy, but just, you know, big fellow. What movie were you in with him? It was called Gun Shy. I played a detective and I had a pompadour. Have you a done pompadour. a lot of acting? I've done a bit. You know, junkies are all actors. <laughs> it's like, uh, but yeah, I've been in a few movies. I, I interviewed Samuel Jackson once and I asked him how he learned to be an actor and he basically said, you know... I was a crackhead and a junkie, and when you are a junkie, you learn how to read what people want to get what you want, or how to say what they're scared of and get what you need, you know, and that's how he learned to act. I probably would have been a better actor then. I think we all would have been, man. That's survival. Yeah, I always wonder, because like these certain people come in and they do films, and you're like, where the fuck did they get these chops? But it's like, and it's just, it's, I guess it's just life. Right? No, That's I not know. a I don't know. A lot of people too. have led really hard, difficult lives and are probably crappy actors. <laughs> but you know what? Chuck Norris suffered as a boy. And it, it's paid off with his art. I mean, I, I go to the Chuck Norris Acting Academy, as you know. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finding my emotional center right now, even as we speak. <laughs> 
Well, you said like my chuck spot. I'm chuck finding spot? my chuck spot. Well, we sh- if we started a school here, we could. Oh, we'd kill. We would mop up. Yeah. I've taught. Have you taught? I've taught um, sketch writing and and improvisation. At Second City. Yeah, and a couple other like a uh, little bit at UCB in New York. Really? Yeah. My wife is just finishing her sketch writing first semester at UCB. Yeah, I didn't. T- That's I, great. I, I like coached some Harold mm-hmm. teams there. Harold teams, sure. I've uh, I taught at San Quentin and Silmar Juvenile Hall for violent offenders. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it's a different. You know, when your students are institutionalized, it's a different vibe. It's a happier vibe all the way around. You know. But like what Wayne does, with not allowed to have pencils. But yeah, Wayne Wayne's much more involved now. I really want to go in and watch that. Yeah, I'd love to too. It's uh, if they let you in. Yeah, he said they could. I uh, just gotta do a bunch of, but it's. I mean, you have to do a psychological profile. I can't get in. And a butt search. Yeah. I yeah. Have, either one. Either one of those, and you're you disqualified. Know, I have a lot yeah. of skin issues, so that's not gonna. I have no idea what that even means, but <laughs> I'm in a constant well, state of chafing. Is all oh, I, I see you have chafe. I, I mean, it's, I didn't know. I'll like have a chafe for like a, six months on an end. Sort of a little, I was trying sphincter humor. Yeah, I was, it's and okay. I was my, I was, I was behind you. I was behind okay. you. You paused. You didn't commit. I didn't. See, you have, you do know the improv world. Didn't not com- really. No. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Well, I can fake my way through most arenas. I'm sure you can too. Yeah. So what did your mother do when your father was wailing on you? Uh, nothing. Nothing. That, that, I asked that, that's almost worse than being wailed on, isn't it? Yeah, I asked her about it years later. Uh, I think my mother was just in a state of constant... Like, I even had a... Uh, my second grade teacher was, like, bopping everybody around. And I, you know, I was, like, I was so terrified to go to school every day. Your teacher I, hit you? Yeah. I had that when I was growing up, too. Yeah. It hit everybody. Like, everybody in oh. the class got it. Uh, but I would be shaking like mm. before school and my mom just thought yeah. she was like oh I always thought you were exaggerating I was like no she was fucking s- smacking people around and then I was coming home and you weren't stopping dad yeah my dad was more emotionally and verbally abusive than he was physical but it did verbal abuse is no picnic either no yeah, no I but that. I mean he definitely smacked me around and I mm. and uh, I asked my sister-in-law because I was like was I like am I nuts was dad like dad Your sister-in-law I'm the youngest of five. My sister-in-law. Right, sister-in-law. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Oh, yeah. But she was, she, uh, yeah, they, she was like, I was, I was an uncle that. at like five. The mm-hmm. fucking Irish Catholics. Right? Good first sentence, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I was an uncle at five. Either that or I have skin issues. Either one, I would follow that voice for 230 pages. I, now I have to figure out how to get skin issues in the opening of my memoir. Put them in. Just put it in. You can start wherever you want. That's true. It's your life. Start with the chafe. <laughs> Maybe that's what it Make maybe that the, meta, the ongoing metaphor. I was going to say. Exist social chafe. My anxiety of. Anxious chafing. But I, I do think because I have psoriasis and I think that has. I've always had skin. of yeah. psoriasis. I think that's my. But my neuroses just festers in my, my skin. You think that's where the, the shame lives? I think a lot of it and my, my terror. Wow. Might want to wear long sleeves <laughs> or armor, I, one or the other. I do. I have to sometimes. Don't we all? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can't. And that's, it's like, uh, I have a friend who's very overweight and he always says, you know, the, the difference between that and any other kind of thing is like people just know you can't control yourself when you walk in a room. You know, you can have all sorts of other issues. You can be chafing from top to bottom, but no one else will know. <laughs> except perhaps by the timid way you walk. But yeah. otherwise... 
Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your chest. You seem to feel clear as... It's, it's better today. Yeah. It's been really bad, though. Just you know, in general. You know what would be disturbing to me? What? If in the course of this conversation you broke out <laughs> and just rashed up, how guilty would I feel about myself? I'm, yeah. I was trying to think of how fast it comes in. The psoriasis comes in fairly quick sometimes. Well, let's hit the stopwatch. Yeah. I didn't know what it was when it first, I was... I, Did you, you get adult onset psoriasis, AOP? It, like, was all over my arms. and Like, it broke out over, like, 70% of my body at one Jesus, point. Jesus, man. And I, ca- I thought it was my loofah. I was, like, being real hippy-dippy, and I bought, like, a loofah at, at Trader Maybe Joe's. Maybe it was. And now I went to... Well, Trader Joe's, you know, they get the discontinued... Yeah, they get a lot could of... Could have been some... Manufactured by Chinese pre-adolescent, you know, I leprosy just, victims. Yeah, I think you got off easy with that loofah, <laughs> that loofah <laughs> shtick of yours. Oh man, well we're covering the waterfront. This is good. This is the probably the most humorous yet darkest conversation I've uh, I've had on the show, which I and and I say that with uh, pride and complimentary like pride and chafing. <laughs> But you didn't, were you knocked around as a kid? Did you beat up in the neighborhood or was it just? Well, I was uh, the only Jew in a neighborhood of pretty much Catholics and. Uh, oh, that's right. Are you Philly? This and that. No, it was Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Not to brag. And uh, a lower, you know, not the richest neighborhood. You know, not a, it was a nice neighborhood, but it was, you know, it was working class, to say the least. And uh, they would routinely sort of beat me up for killing Jesus. <laughs> it happens. The, uh, the Lenny Bruce joke is like, yeah, we beat him up. He's g- I found a note in my uncle's basement and said, yeah, we killed him. And when he comes back, we're going to do it again. Yes. I wasn't that clever at eight. <laughs> I would have I just come right back with that as I was lying on the ground weeping. But, yeah. Yeah. That, I- that kind of thing of just being... You know, sort of victimized for existing. Aww. I, yeah, I didn't. I, I just got randomly beat up. I don't know which is worse for a specific have, reason. Yeah, well, I, at least I could feel a certain camaraderie with other Jews out there, which I didn't meet that many of them, but they were around. And it was Relatives. my my brothers were all tough guys. Like my brothers. Yeah, you have some badasses. Nobody fucked with my brothers, but they. Were you the youngest? Yeah. Yeah, my bro- and my brothers, one specifically, beat me up. Quite a bit. How do you get along now? I don't speak to him. He's also a racist piece of shit. So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like he and he's very. And he listens to the podcast. I, I don't know. I, I shout don't, out. Want to give him a shout out? Patrick Elmer Dwyer. <laughs> <laughs> You're a racist piece of shit. And violent. Still violent. But uh, from what I hear, born again, but still just a horrible human being. Not that born again is really going to change people's behavior much. You know? Hard for me to say, but from what I've seen, yeah. I wrote a story once. Um, I went and covered all the uh, evangelical TV shows, like, uh, oh, it was Trinity Broadcasting Network with, uh, the, you know, the great Bo Peep hair, you know. Oh, uh, she just Tammy died. Faye Baker? Was it was the other one. It was the local version. Oh. Pat, anyway, I used to have memory, but uh, I had my car blown up afterward. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I mean, who knows, you know? But uh, I got a lot of outraged letters. And so it was for LA Magazine 138 years ago. But uh, who knows, you know? They have, a, they have a, a God to defend. 
Well, yeah. Heathens I mean, like us. Wasn't Oral Roberts like a regular? At, like, who was one of them was busted? I just like that his name was Oral. I know. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Yeah. Was he related his to brother th- anal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's one of them was related to Jerry Lee Lewis as, and I think it was Jimmy Swagger. Swagger, their cousins. He was the cousins. one who was like yeah. a big prostitute boozer. He liked the dude. prostitutes, but apparently he didn't actually touch them. He would sort of masturbate in front of them, so yeah. he had the double shame. He yeah. couldn't even come through. So to speak. Wow, paying to masturbate in front of somebody. It's like a waste of money. I know. There's you so can many just do ways that to do on a bus for free. <laughs> now you could just jump on your laptop. Now he's not. Jump right it. on it. Yeah, <laughs> I got one of those furry ones. Yeah, lookalikes. Yeah. Yeah. So what scares you the most of anything now? I mean, how do how do you make a living now? What are you doing? You, uh, is it pretty much the bartending thing? No, it's a variety of things. I that I oh, you know David Keckner. No, he is. Yeah, I open up for him now and again. I used to write for him a little bit. Like, so you still do a lot of stand-up? Yeah, I don't, don't do it in Los Angeles much. Oh, he's on. A, he's a road comic? Uh, I just open up for him when he goes and does like uh, theaters or colleges and once in a while clubs. Nice. But uh, I don't... Give me some of your material. Oh, what you, lordy. <laughs> what do you, what's the first thing you say when you come out? I do most of my jokes... Besides are, like, hello, Minneapolis. And, uh, uh, I try to avoid that. Yeah, I know we are. <laughs> That's where I went wrong. Yeah. I'd say that no matter what city I was in. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to get back to the conversation here in one second. I just want to say real quickly, if you could do myself and Feral Audio a favor, if you could go to my page at feralaudio.com, the Conversations with Matt Dwyer page, and click on the Amazon link. And if you, I don't know, put that in your toolbar and you use that for when you buy uh, movies or diapers or cleaning stuff, uh, we get a kickback of that money. And that helps us support... Uh, the shows and uh, and buy equipment. Also, if you can, and I know times are tough, if you could donate a little something, that would help us out a lot. Um, I'm trying to get a new recorder, and it helps us, you know, uh, keep these uh, the websites up and all that, and uh, keep Feral Audio running and conversations with Matt Dwyer running. That's it. Sorry uh, for interrupting. Back to the show. Uh, I actually open up with a joke that's so embarrassingly oh, old. On. No, no, oh. I just mean it. I, oh, yeah. Uh, let's see if I fuck it up. Uh, I was walking around your town today, and I, I went and saw a psychic. She told me I'd spend my weekend masturbating and crying. I said, tell me something I don't already know. <laughs> she said, you'll be doing it at gunpoint. That's funny. That is a great it. joke. But it's, an, it's an oldie. But I feel guilty that I'm still doing jokes that I wrote six years ago. You know, my opinion... Unasked for, just my experience. You might have some free-floating guilt that is just attaching itself <laughs> on any fucking receptor it can find. Because of all the things to be guilty about in the world, <laughs> old jokes, not so bad, you know? Because they're not old to the people who hear them. Yeah, yeah. What do you think you get out of feeling guilty? What's the payoff? Uh, there isn't one. You wouldn't do it. It's a choice. Right. It's, yeah, it's... Uh... I feel, it makes me, but I'm like, oh, you're lazy. But I don't, I don't really. So it's a combo. It's guilt, and then you can beat yourself up for being too lazy to get rid of your guilt. Damn, man. Uh, Talk about kicking yourself when you're down. Yeah. Well, because a lot of my friends are, you know, you know, Jonah Ray. But I don't work at my stand-up at all, so I can't really be upset at myself because it's the last thing creatively I think about at the end of the How day. How many things are in front of it in line? What other creative stuff are you doing? Uh, writing a, this memoir. Writing a memoir? Uh, What's it called? I don't have... Uh, it, the working title was Born Broken, but I wasn't crazy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then this, the podcasting, is like kind of the thing that definitely brings me a great deal of joy. Yeah, there's nothing like interviewing people. I really love it myself. I started doing a, a guest hosting a rodeo show on. Uh, did I say rodeo show? You did. <laughs> I was really fascinated. I was. Uh, <laughs> I do a little bronco busting, is what I'm saying, and uh, you know, I like to stay stay in the saddle, so to speak. Uh, for Pacifica Radio. And then, because I had access to a studio, I started doing a podcast. So I've done a bunch of them, though I have not put any of them up yet. That's too... That's a shame. Well, I... I they, you know, don't you have to have a website and all that crap? You could... I could... Mine's on a... Through a network. Yeah, I think mine would be too. I mean, you, somebody, yeah. it's, I'm sure I, I have the same produ- the chance. Not to drop names, but I have the same producer as Ralph Nader. So oh. there's that. That is. Yes. It's a name you always want to associate with podcasting <laughs> and because uh, he's a podcast giant yeah one of the first that and the Corvair thing um, unsafe at any speed that was him uh, so yeah so I've interviewed a lot of great people it's basically friends who I excuse to talk to people I like I had Larry Charles he was amazing if you know oh Larry wow Charles, we worked on a we worked on a ton of soon to never be made movies yeah great guy fucking genius the i can't i don't like interviewing people i know well the last time i interviewed wayne i felt more it didn't bother me i I like it because you can just talk about stuff that you probably wouldn't talk about if you're just shooting the shit and you have a lot of license i think you know yeah maybe that's something i need and yet i feel i know you so well (laughs) i think it's maybe because we shared some childhood festive childhood activities yeah it's um we're shame brothers yeah. Shame. I, because I, I like the uh, exploring somebody I, I don't know, like getting to. L- I understand. Yeah. yeah. It's more interesting. And it's like if I, I, though I did have Jonah, but Jonah turned it around on me, Uh-oh. which I actually appreciated. Did he start asking about you? Yeah, because it was my 100th anniversary and uh, of the my 100th what? episode. Oh. <laughs> you look so young. <laughs> You've I'm the living so dead. Well. I should have probably told you that before You're I came over. You're just a living living. I mean, yeah. it's great, man. Uh, you don't look a day over 90. It's great. Thank you. Um, to make the obvious, I'm funny joke, <laughs> which I will now apologize for. Um, yeah, well, that's great, man. Well, I'm curious as to uh, when you are, because I, I was a bartender in London for a while, and people would get rowdy sometimes. I hate it. How do you handle it? Do you keep a, a sawed-off behind the bar or a baseball bat? Well, a lot of times if it's night, there's security there, so it's not that big of a deal. What's your security guy like? There's a different... What's his name? Uh, some of them I can't remember. A lot of them seem to be named Andre. Yeah. There's anyway. A lot of them have uh, just Latin names that I've never heard of before. Ah. So it's like... Uh, there's a couple like dudes like... Catullus. Yeah. There's a, yes. But there's a Rod and there's a Jose. Jose's a big motherfucker that mm. I would like... The dude, like, just fists of concrete. Like, you're just like, man, I would... Take, fists of concrete. If this guy hit you, like... You just know you would be done. Like, you would be done. And sweetest guy in the world, but I was like, man, you just, you don't I would cross not want to see him. Don't want to cross him. But, yeah. like, during, I worked there Saturday day, and mm-hmm. that gets really weird. I've been spit on, spit in the face. I've had shit thrown at me. Who spit on you? Some drunk guy who I cut off on his birthday. And he said it. He announced it. He <laughs> was like, I'm going to spit on, I'm spit in your face. And I kind of didn't think he was going to do it, because he wasn't a big, like, he was just, because I was like, I'm not strong, but I'll murder you. But he did it anyway. And then I, I lost. You, you said that, or you tried to emote that with your. Ma- you mad dogged him. I, I. It happened so quickly. I, I wish the audience could see your mad dog face. Right 
You'll then you'll understand why I got beat up so much in my life. <laughs> he spit on you. So it's like working in a prison. You need to wear one of those, you know, little hazmat yeah. things so you don't get gassed. They ever throw a bag of urine at you? No. One of your yets. One of my yets. Uh, yeah, it's but you know it's near Skid Row, so we get a lot of, and sometimes we get. Do the Skid Row people can they afford the sort of yuppie prices? This bar is not Cardo very. Prices? It's a pretty shitty uh, bar. You can get drunk on there pretty in there pretty cheap. So do you have a lot of hipsters who like want to like get real? It's a honestly, it's like a real mix of people. We get that hipsters don't tip, by the way. That's a weird. Hipsters not tipsters. Not tipsters. <laughs> It's really bizarre. I have a list, which occasionally comes out with certain words. It only tipster, hipster. Hipster. I, I'm not even gonna try. Um, it only comes out on tape, on broadcast. I don't hear it so much anymore. But they don't tip. It's kind of an. an there's this, and I I don't mean to sound like the old guy, but there's such an entitled weird th- th- that the millennials. Not the old guy, because you're the same age as a lot of the hipsters. Although I think a lot of them might be younger. Yeah, well, that's the, a lot of them don't grow up. I'm 45. I don't know if I said that. Is that there's still 45 year old hipsters? But like in the old days, hip the word hipsters told like Lenny Bruce times. It was a you know it was like a street guy who was also creative. Now it's just some fucking frat boy with a twirly mustache. The mustache thing is elusive to me. It really bugs me. Yeah. And I I I know it's like silly to get angry about those things, but it no, irks me. Thank you. You're entitled to hate mustaches. <laughs> um, so do you just read people when they come in and like, oh, that guy's a dick. You and know, they surprise you. Rarely. Am I, usually I'm rarely right. Rarely are you surprised. Have you ever gone to interview somebody for a podcast? And like, uh-oh. I've had uh-oh. T- two that, and I accidentally deleted one. And the other one was not very, it was just, Wait I've. Wait a second, t- you accidentally deleted one of a person you didn't like. I was going to air it anyway. You're gonna be the bigger man. Uh, there was moments in it. I just, I would, I don't know. There was something. It was not that exciting. Uh, and fast then, forward to the phone call. You know what, man? I accidentally deleted <laughs> this whole. But you know, we'll do it again sometime. And it was really great talking to you. I did accidentally and delete one that I really liked. What's that? Oh, I, you did? Yeah, and that broke my heart. That was a musician. Uh, this chick from the band The Happy Hollows, and she was very great. And she, you know, it was interesting because she was like, she's part Iranian, and so when she was a kid. You know, it was in the height of, you know, the sure. hostage situation. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that Iranian stuff. in Iran or over here? Uh, she was over here, I but see. so getting the brunt yeah, of that of course, yeah. Ayatollah hate. Fuck, man, that's rough. Yeah, in Santa Cruz, like a small, you know, Santa Cruz isn't... I live in, that's the first place I ever wrote was Santa Cruz. Really? I lived in uh, the honeymoon suite of the Aladdin's Inn Motel right on the boardwalk. How was that? Was I've never, I've, I don't 20. think I've ever been there. I was 20, was my first job. My first paid writing, $8 an article. What was the article? What was the... My first article? Yeah. It was about a bar called Mona's Gorilla Lounge. What a great name for a bar. Yeah, it was a crazy place. And uh, there was some ambisexual antics going on, which I didn't quite comprehend. And plus, I don't think... What, I, I don't know what the ambi... I didn't either, but that's how they advertised themselves, was ambisexual. What does that mean? Well, I misread it and thought it was bambisexual. <laughs> so I was just going in. I was, I was on guard. <laughs> Because of my doe-like eyes, I had <laughs> and my, you know, my sensuous deer-like features. Yeah. I was on guard. <laughs> I kept my back to the wall. That's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, that was something. Okay, we got Santa Cruz out of the way. Yeah.
That was top of the list for the questions, actually. Have you ever been to Santa Cruz or written there for eight bucks? Yeah, it, it was that, that specific. That That's I liked it. You know what? You actually closed your computer. Notes free. I could tell right away I wouldn't need it. You took a you took a dose of notes be gone. Yeah, usually it's just my neuroses why I take notes, and then <clears throat> I can usually tell. Like, the important uh, thing I found: announce, broadcast your neuroses. <laughs> announce it. Walk in and say, you know what? I'm interviewing you. I'm neurotic. Let's do this. Get it on the table, you know? Because a lot of, you know, Americans, there's that Hemingway thing. You keep it in. You suck it up. No. 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 March it out, and you're the tougher man. I don't think my father, I heard my father, like, behind closed doors say, like, I think he's a fag. Of course he did. (laughs) Of course he did. Yeah, I remember, I think when I was little, I think. And an odd, rare outing. They took me to a circus with my friend, and I think that I heard him say, "Like, did you hold? Were you holding hands? Were you holding hands?" I'm like, no. I'm like, and they got all this suspicion and weirdness. And of course, now that you know your parents think that, <laughs> it's a bed of roses from then on in. Well, yeah. Then when I said I want to go into theater, it was just like I was. I mean, thankfully, my dad was dead at that point, but I was like terrified to say to my mom because I felt like, oh, I'm just reiterating the fact that you think I'm queer. By going into theater. Yeah. Because nobody, I'm working class, you, you know, bullshit. Yeah, like, yeah, no yeah. one did that stuff. Well, you were gay. I mean, what are you going to do? I know. Yeah. I have yet to admit it, honey. I'm sorry. You know what? You two can make this thing work. <laughs> you really can. You really can. Just never apologize, but right. constantly explain. That's the, t- that's the ticket. That's what I, I that's think the I'm good at. Just yeah. Um, it was explained to me once that that was a form of narcissism in a way. Saying that you're neurotic? Just completely going in there and doing that. But on the other hand, I think as an interview thing, it's great because it relaxes the other person. Like if you walked in and somebody was just like on the floor drinking, would you say like, I'm a drunk too? I probably would make some kind of comment about it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so you sort of, you walked in, you took a look at me and you said, oh, neurotic. I'm going to march out my neuro card. <laughs> M- or paranoid, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Marin. Oh, well, he, I just listened to the, his, he reposted the Robin Williams interview that he did. Oh, man. And uh, he, he said that bitterness is a form of like self-pity, which I never thought of it that way. But I thought that is, was an yeah. interesting point of view. Or up sure. Pissing down your own leg and hoping they get wet. Yeah. I or something. Yes. People used to uh, say I was bitter, which I never... I think people confuse... What? (laughs) (laughs) How dare they? Are you serious? I never considered myself bitter. Angry about certain things, yeah, but I think there's a big... Bitterness seems to be entitled as well, like, I should have dated... You know, I should have done romantic comedies and been a big star. Like, I never felt like that guy. Bitter about... I was just... But I was like, you know, I get angry about... And yet, of all the examples in the world, it was the rom-com regret (laughs) that you you went with. You didn't say I could have been a, you know, I could have been a world-class wrestler. Or I could have helped people not die of diabetes in Romania. No, you no. went right with rom-com regret. <laughs> My skin disease would have, you know, led me. They would have kept me out of wrestling. I don't think that you could have been the the rasher. <laughs> <laughs> Rash man. <laughs> you could have threatened to. You, know, <sighs> you could have threatened to give them chafe. But I have an aneurysm. <laughs> really? Right here in my house? I'm so flattered. It'll be good for my numbers. I won't be kidding? around to enjoy it. That was, oddly enough, the title of my second book that I never wrote. It was like, if you died now, we could make you famous. Because they thought if I would OD after Permanent Midnight, sales through the roof. 
get a real bump. You could just find get, that loophole. Yeah. To live but die. Been trying for years. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Did they it's really want a joke here. Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 they did. They wanted a sequel? Well, they, yeah, I was going to write a sequel, and then I sort of didn't take the money because if we get serious for a minute, you know, my beautiful older daughter, you know, had to live with like the celebrity junkie dad. You know, you go to like fucking parent teacher night, and the other teachers like stink eye you, and you know, and birthday parties, the parents like, you know, he's not. Nah. So the next one was pretty much all sexual stuff because you know, you get off dope. What are you going to do with yourself? Um, so I didn't write it. I just put it all in fiction. Which book was the next book after that? It was called Perv, A Love Story. All right. Yes, I've written a few books over the years. And, and that's, do you give a fuck about writing for television or is that just sort Yeah, of I, I love writing. Oh, fact, you do? Yeah, I'm going to write for Marin's show next year. I thought, didn't you do some writing for I did show? one for him, yeah. I decided to jump back in. I used to think... I had a lot of pretension, and I always wanted to be a novelist, and I got all these great opportunities in TV and uh, movies and stuff, and I just, I would, like, be getting ungodly amounts of money to be a consultant, like on CSI or something. And uh, then I would quit and write a novel for, like, $11 or, you know, a nice chunk of money, but nothing compared to TV. And uh, I quit to write I, Fatty, which was a book I wrote, and uh, that's what I would do. But now... In my dotage, I'd like to get back into TV. So Larry and I try to do some TV. I'm pitching a... I have a show with this great comedian, Laura House, who you should interview. She's hysterical and a great comedy writer, too. I do a radio show with her uh, called If Swelling Persists, based on my last novel, which, according to you, is going to come out next year. (laughs) According to you and my friends at Amazon. Uh, I like that you do the research. (laughs) Didn't you, wait a second, weren't they going to make a movie about Maybe you? Maybe we're just in a time warp. To, you know what, we could be. You're, yeah. in a, you're in a past, I'm in the future. That could, yeah. And together, it rains when we're together. <laughs> um, yeah. You need more water? I'm fine. Because okay. you've been tearing and you might want re- to hydrate. Because <laughs> those salty tears. Is that, like, is, because in the old world, like, books used to be, like, is publishing just like the money? It has nothing to not do with publishing. It's just, you know, I, I want to just switch it up. You know, I did two books, and, you know, I, I wasn't somebody much smarter than me. It was Don DeLillo or somebody said, like, writing books, or somebody, writing books, it basically like sanctioned schizophrenia. You know, you're just sitting in a room having conversations with people who aren't there. Which, you know, thank God for books because they yeah. can at least justify it. Um, but I just decided, uh, fuck it back out to so I'm pitching a few TV shows and I'm going to work on Marks he was kind enough to ask me for next season I think people would be honored to have you Not, and I don't mean that to be ass kissy but like I mean I don't take it as ass kissy okay I'm afraid of being ass kissy and corny um you don't have to be with me <laughs> people kissing my ass not really a problem <laughs> not with my chafe what <laughs> What drew you to I Fatty or the Fatty Arbuckle thing? Because that is a story that fascinates me, and it seems like a lot of. Did it really fascinate you, or are you being ass kissy? I'm being ass kissy. I understand. But I mean, it, it does because it, it's a very the big whole ass. story was misconstrued. Like yes, he, it was. And, it's, and was I don't think most people still know that. Like, I think most people live under the belief that he 
Why Coca-Cola never jumped on that for advertising is beyond me as well. I don't think they even had those bottles then. I'm not sure. That's a good point. Might have been, might have been pre. But uh, Ashley, the woman, Virginia Rappé, oddly enough, <laughs> buried in Hollywood forever. I'm pointing really? in the direction of Hollywood forever, which is vaguely somewhere in L.A. Um, she died because she had had an abortion, really botched abortion the day before, and got peritonitis and died, but he was set up. So Who set him up? Uh, Adolf Zucker of Paramount and the DA of San Francisco who's actually trying to be mayor. Wow. So he got some money from the studios to go after him because he was the first guy to make a million a year. They sort of regretted that. He was obviously tainted once he was accused. So even though he was uh, exonerated three times, you know, it's hard to think of a guy as funny. But uh, actually, interesting factoid. Um, you know, I, when, when I'm interviewing, I used to do this because mm -hmm. I used to do drugs a lot. I would be completely zoned out and I would put on my wrinkle head. <laughs> and they would be like, he's really interested in me. And I'd just hold this while just drifting, you know, just lost. And How would you follow up questions if you were drifting? People just talk. You don't have to follow up. Oh. You just say, interesting, really? And then they just go. Oh, see, I'm always looking for the next thing we can yeah. go for. Yeah, well, you can do that. You can just pick a word and then just go with that. So you mentioned toast. <laughs> um, let's talk about that. Uh, but Fatty was, uh, Hearst invented the composite shot, you know, where you have like the fake, he had like Fatty grafted on top of this virginal looking waif. In fact, Virginia Rapay, not to slander the dead, gave the entire Keystone Cops the crabs. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of crabs. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of them. Cops, I mean, not crabs. There was a joke there I couldn't find. Just about the crabs falling down and chasing one another. Yes, in little, in little police hats. <laughs> yeah, well, you, can, you know what? Do you have visuals? You can put a little, do a little, yeah. little glyph. I usually glyph? Is that what it's called? Glyph? Griff? Gif. 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 How do you pronounce it? Gif. 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 Glyph. Glyph is actually an ancient skin disease. I, my, in past times. life, I had it. I'm sure you did. Yeah. And yet you're contagious in this one. Mysterious. But the, the fatty thing, because that's... Oh, but, uh, so they just, they just didn't want to pay him a million bucks a year, so they no, screwed they, him? they did. Well, there's a lot of reasons why they, they screwed him out of his entire career, but uh, he was vindicated. There was a woman named Maude who is a popular and much-used um, madam in Hollywood who was responsible for uh, setting him up. It's a deep, circuitous story. A lot of stuff going on. Was he supposed? I mean, was he in just a nice, pretty? I mean, he wasn't like a lecher, somebody horrible. No, I'm sure he was like a drunken maniac. But you know, he hadn't seen his dick in decades. I mean, you know, he was enormous, and uh, they made him into this sort of beast. No, he was, he was a married guy. You know, drunk a bit. Why? But, uh, how did that? Because I know that was going to be made a film. Yes, I think Johnny he actually had it. lunch with a friend of mine, Horatio Sands, about playing fatty yeah which i so wish i had done but the thing is i don't control it and i hope horatio understands that johnny depp owns it i'm sure he thinks about it every day of his life <laughs> did johnny Damn depp it. uh own it when horatio was yeah he's owned it forever he optioned it out of the gate and then he optioned it in perpetuity which means after you and i are dead and cockroaches roam the earth he still has the legal right to make fatty action figures wow yeah, I'd and, buy he's, a and he's not. Figure. I'd buy one too. I wish he would get on it, but anyway, the movie is not happening. 
I say with a complete lack of bitterness and joyful acceptance <laughs> for life as we know it. Are you a Buddhist? Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting on the Buddha, baby. Uh, it will never be made? Well, anything can happen, but True. I don't think it's top of Johnny's list now. It's, I mean, to me, personally, like, but they yeah, don't make actually, movies I Philip like. Philip Seymour Hoffman was on as a producer. He was going to do it. He would have been phenomenal. Yeah, he was such a brilliant guy. He actually, his take on it was, you know, speaking of memoirs, this is basically your autobi- autobiography, sort of disguised as a fat man. And he wanted to make, uh, you didn't read the book, but at one point he had kicked heroin and he lost a shitload of weight and had to wear a fat suit, ironically. Like on hot days, you know, like big, you know, pre-air conditioning. Fatty kicked to heroin? Yeah, he became an addict. And he, Phil thought that the fat suit should be one of the main characters in the movie, which is so fucking brilliant in its own Philip Seymour Hoffman way. I actually hunted down the book and couldn't find it. Thank you. Yes, well, it's out of print pretty much. That was. But what the lovely people at Bloomsbury do is they won't, sell us the rights back and the way they get around that is once a year they will sell for one day they will sell ebooks for 99 cents and then they can sell a few and say see it's still in print how the fuck is that allowed it's a loophole in the publishing world law so i can't get it back and i hope you tweet this to the people at bloomsbury because i really appreciate that because it's it's a popular book and nothing makes an author feel happier than having somebody say you know i look for your book i just couldn't find it I think, be, I think if you could figure out Amazon, they have copies, though. I think they do. But then or again, I can't figure don't. out Amazon. Yeah. And I flunked, a, I flunked Amazon. I, yeah, I went license. to used bookstores. I went everywhere. I will give you a copy. That's how bad I feel. <laughs> I will it's not give your fault. You, and can you read Italian? Uh, how about, you know, in Spanish, it has the greatest title in the history of titles. What is it? Yo Fatty. Really? That is great. Right? Yo Fatty. I should have called it that. It would have never gone out of print. <laughs> But it didn't happen. So I, that, that's going to be Spanish listeners. How many languages was that? That's got to feel like as a who guy. can keep track? <laughs> who can keep track? I think we just sold it to Turkey. Really? Yes. Something sold to Turkey. It might have been fatty. I just got a check from Turkey. That's got to be pretty groovy. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with those Turkmenians or whatever the fucking. Like I'll look and see who listens to my podcast. Do that little gesture again. Yeah, I like that. It was a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was for those who the... can't see, he's like ringing about. He's like stirring soup with his finger. Yeah, uh, but I will look to see who listens to my, you know, my sh- my shitty show. I did. I just said that's look at you. Don't <laughs> that's do my that. uh, that's my Holden Caulfield uh, uh, Your thing. Your self-deprecation thing. I just read you know that book as a kid, so I like dumb and those words I just picked up on it. I don't even shitty. <clears throat> Is that a word he used? I don't know if he did use shitty. I don't think so. But I don't. When I say it, I don't really mean it. When I say shitty, because I'm actually very proud of my show. You just want to make us feel bad for you and tell you that we really like it. It's not shitty, Matt. Come on, man. I love your show. But there's people in the Russian Federation who listen to this, which is perplexing to me. Well, it gets them through the day. Can't be easy. Yeah. Who exactly are we talking about in the Russian Federation? I don't know. Is that Gustav? Is the German guy in the Russian Federation? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. He's the he's the his parents got caught in the he's the siege S- of German Snowden. He is the oh nice, <laughs> very a rare moment of topicality out of yeah, my yeah. Uh, well, we, I like to. I'm very topical. We can go topical. Uh, but my topical biggest, cream for your rash. I need that. I turn, see how I flipped it around. 
You're, that's, you know, that's why comedy gold. That's why you're a bestseller, and I'm still... Ouch! <laughs> I am so not a bestseller. Wow. Permanent Midnight wasn't... Oh, it might have been back in the day, but that was many years ago. 20th anniversary coming on up. Oh, yeah. Jesus. That's yeah, a... we're going to re-release it. Is there going to be any extras in there? I think there will be an intro by a writer or two. The great Nick Chef, who wrote a book called Tweak. I might know another book called Schizo. was writing one. I was, I've been reading... Uh... And, do you know the band Icarus File? Yeah. Joe Cardamone is doing music. For the... For the, for the uh, audio version of the book. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we went to his studio and recorded it, and now he's laying, laying down some tracks, as they used to say in the 70s. And uh, so that's cool. That is cool. I love that you know him. He's a great musician. I don't know him, I just know the band. Great band. Oh, he's the guy. He's the singer and... Jonah, Ray, and I are, I'm not as music hip as I used to be, but I used to be obsessive. It's hard to be, yeah. Now I, I've all I listen to is dead people. Like, I don't listen to much, many living. You listen to Dave Alvin. I do listen to Dave Alvin. He was a you. central topic of the Marin episode I wrote, so it was basically all about Dave Alvin. Really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Was about, about a piece of, you know, a, a, a certain track that I invented that was very obscure that Mark was, like, proud of owning. That's a really cool... Uh... I take no credit for any good idea in there. <laughs> um, they gave me a very tremendously helpful beat sheet. It was... Fuck. And for you kids, that's like an outline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was... Gonna, this... I wanted to ask you, and this is probably more of a selfish just for me thing, but who gives a shit? But, like, I was reading... You know what? important to apologize for every question that would be my <laughs> advice to you because i've done a lot of interviews and i find and this isn't in any way to make you feel better but i i find that charming i really do did i apologize yeah it relaxes me it's like well i was about to apologize for my answer and the, the apologies would probably meet in midair fall to the ground and we'd both be vindicated and feel better about ourselves oh my God. and then i'd get a rash um, tell me, what were you going to say? Uh, um, oh, well, I, I, I reread Permanent Midnight, and then I started uh, The Tender Bar. Have you read that book or heard of this book? I know that book, yeah. Uh, another memoir. Mm-hmm. But there's, I'm, I'm reading these books, and I'm like... Well, are, are you reading books? Just, you're reading a lot of memoirs. Uh, Tender Bar was purely accidental. I, mm-hmm. I had uh, a lot of time to kill the other night, and mm-hmm. I went to Last Bookstore, and I was like, oh, I've and heard about this. And all my books were out of print, so you got The Tender yeah, Bar. I actually yeah. went in there to see if they would have I Fatty. Uh, Boy, is my face red. <laughs> uh, but they did have a, a number of your books, so they had Yo Fatty. They had Yo Fatty. And you don't read Spanish, so you're I lost. I could have hired you know my bar back at the bar to read it to me. Wouldn't that have been cuddly? <laughs> wow. Read me a story, <laughs> Jose. But this, I don't know if this still happens to you, but Please. like I'm reading the, the Tender Bar is amazingly written, and mm-hmm. so is your, beautiful your book, stuff. Yeah. And Thank I'm you. like, there's part of you that goes, "Fuck, why do I like?" I'm not going to write this well. Like, it's, it's almost like... Yeah, but you have your own voice. Come on, man. I know, but don't, do you ever still have that? Does Fuck that... yeah. Are you kidding me? There's so many brilliant writers out there. More coming up all the time. Of course. Who, t- who, who, like, who uh, does that to you? Now you're going to put me on... Everybody does that to me. Jesus. Just read, I just read all Donna Tartt's books. I, my friend Richard Lang wrote a great new book called Angel Baby. I mean, I, it's a mate writing... What's Angel Baby about? Uh, it's uh, L.A. Noir. Oh, okay. I was thinking of something else. I thought He's a guy you should interview. Great, great writer. I love... Reiners and musicians are my favorite to have. Yeah. What about actors? 
Any generalizations about interviewing actors? <laughs> well, they're narcissistic, so it really... <laughs> yeah, and like writers who are I've, just right. devil-may-care I've only had one actor. I only had Pat Healy. I don't know if you know Pat Healy, local The guy. legend? Yeah. No, not that... Wait, who's the... <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Pat Benatar. I'm I sorry. was thinking yeah. of uh, Ted Healy, who... Uh, Ted Healy, of course, st- yeah. Did you know he got the shit beat... Ted Healy started the Three Stooges. Of course he did. Was uh, Who is the... I always forget his name. Uh, Shemp? No, the Joe actor Messer? who played... Uh, Fred C. Clark? Fred C. Clark. The actor... Do you know Fred C. Clark? No. He was the boss. He always had ball. Oh, really? The slow burn. I didn't know his he name. Was, he was also the director in Sunset Boulevard, who was... Oh, that was a big bald guy. I didn't know that. But I love when people know those names. Well, I only know his name because my, and she wouldn't mind me saying this, but let's just say a woman from whom I bought powders in Los (laughs) Angeles uh, was married to him for many years and always told me this great story that whenever he appeared on Broadway, the last act, you would have to hear the clink of ice in the glass from offstage just to, before he came off, that had got him through. Wow. But enough about Ted Healy. So you were saying. Oh, well, the, I forget now who the actor was who beat him to death. I'm basically digression theater over here. <laughs> this is why I have trouble writing screenplays. Because in a novel, instead of going from A to Z, you can go to A, like A26 over to the right or left. There's diagonally. But in a movie, you got to move forward. I like digressions. I but do tell too. me about Ted Healy. He got beaten to death. I didn't know that. Uh, the story is is that I'm trying to think of the actor. The film Treasure Island. The big uh, big guy actor. Fuck, I can never remember his name. Sorry, but he supposedly beat him to death in a uh, parking lot of a nightclub. And uh, the, over anything. Uh, I par- think don't tell Ted me it was Healy a was a, kind of a prick, a loudmouth, drunken prick, and I think he was talking shit to this actor. I like your respect for the dead. <laughs> <laughs> and another what you're saying is he deserved it. He deserved it. I don't know if he deserved it. The world was a beaten. better place. I think that's a little harsh. Yeah, no. yeah, I, it is. But, but I understand. Ted, the Ted, world Ted was asking for it. But the fixers, the that Hollywood fucker, fi- fucker, Ted, because he didn't like Shemp is why he deserved it. He didn't like Shemp. I. You're I making know. that up. I might have made that up. I always wondered about the guys who were like Joe Besser, you know, Stinky, stinky Joe, you know. Yeah, I think they used to have it the old. Uh, bright spot. There used to be an autographed uh, picture of Joe Besser, and it broke my heart when they remodeled it. And I was like, Did "Why they? would you get rid of the fucking Joe Besser?" I feel like I've been here so long. I know them. That was a dry cleaner. Really? I could be wrong. Hence the name Bright Spot. But I could. Oh, be that wrong. makes sense. Kind of. But maybe I'm wrong. Because there's nothing. It's kind of a dark, horrible place. Um, you know, I think the the twirly mustache friends of yours <laughs> like it. Your twirly must the twirly the twirlers. I can't go in there anymore. Why not? Well, first of all, too loudly about removing the service is at least the last time I was there. The service was so bad. I was just like, and they were more concerned. I don't want to give you a complex or more, but I think they don't like your kind. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't doubt it. They sense that I'm the real Mm -hmm. old school hipster. That's right. You're the Ted Healy, and uh, I'm a tipper hip hip. You're a tipster. You're a tipster. tipster. (laughs) You're just trying to get me to stumble over my s's. When I was a kid, I wanted to change my name because I couldn't say Joey Stahl. It's tragic, but I'm, you know, it's a cute story. And I will tell my children that, and they will laugh at me. That's good. In a mocking way. Um, I you, just, you crazy kids think of maybe having some kids? Is that possible? Is that in the cards? It, something you want? Uh, Adopting? Yeah. Buying? I think it's something we talk about. You know, there's always that, like, uh, can we afford it? No. But that's what everybody Nobody says. Nobody can afford anything. <laughs> they don't eat much. 
but they'll break your heart. Do you do you like? Did you do you feel like you've changed as a being a? Because I feel like owning dogs changed, and I'm not even kidding. Like owning a dog changed, changed me yeah. immensely. Yeah, yeah. That's why my kitty's <clears throat> out of a bowl. <laughs> but it, I had one. Where's friend, the shock collar? <laughs> I had one friend. I who, told you not to pee. I'm sorry. What? I just I had one friend who I I was like did, did, did being a dad change? She was like for like two weeks, and then I just you know then it's like whatever. I'm back to who I was, and I was like that seems either you're a prick and an honest prick, but I was like if a dog changed my life for like mm-hmm. greatly been emotionally a very special dog. Maybe Charlie is pretty special. Charlie, <laughs> love that guy. But yeah. Yes, it changes you. Well, I lived you know I've lived a lot, lived a lot of different lives for better or worse, and a lot of them are just spent being completely alone and doing whatever the fuck I wanted. And then uh, now I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum with a full house full of dog, kid, wife, all that stuff. So uh, in the end, you know, the last frontier, square with the last frontier. Yeah, because the one thing you said is you... I read. The I've done so many interviews. I, I try not to quote myself, and people who actually do study, you know, read that shit. They're like, you know what? You said that to fat, you know, and, you, and you're like, I know. Oh fuck! So, I have yet to piss you off. I gotta remember that. You don't piss me off, man. I don't get pissed off. I, but you advised me to start pissing off my guests. <laughs> I said I had a great interview. Yes, I did advise you. I'm sorry. Um, See, I've already forgotten what the fuck I said. Right. I'm contradicting myself. But do, do you said that? And, you know, if you change your mind about this, I won't... You said. You said. But, I mean, and I do think there's truth that to be a good writer, that people sort of have to uh, hit a bottom, like have to sort of have... Oh, what a pompous asshole. (laughs) What a fucking bag of shit I was marching out. Um, You know, I I think it sounds... I think in a mocking way, whenever I'd go to, like, guest teach, like, USC or, you know, some enclave of privilege, I would say that the best thing you can do as a writer is... Destroy your life, ruin your health, alienate your friends, make your family ashamed of you, and lose everything you have. And then you have something to write about. But I also thought maybe... You know, if you're telling that to an immigrant from, like, Guatemala whose family has been torched by, like, gang members, you know, <laughs> might not really apply. I mean, it's kind of a, a privileged white take True. on things. So let me, let me dial that back. Okay. I just thought maybe also the opposite it, it pertains because uh, to know more joyful real life other than the suffering because i feel like you think suffering isn't real is that what you're saying <laughs> okay totally fine fine, fine. But walk, I mean, I walk never... a mile in my loafers buddy <laughs> i never knew happiness until i met this woman and i it, oh <laughs> could you repeat that i never knew happiness until i met this woman as he gestured toward his wife girlfriend girlfriend but we tattoo we we call it white trash marriage because we got the tattoos not the same not the same. It's not a white trash marriage. I'm saving up for a ring. I understand. <laughs> you know you what? Didn't hear that, did you? You know what? Don't. Okay. You don't need that. It's, it's not what's important to her. Trust me. I know. But if you want to be guilty about something, be guilty about that. Yeah. I just, you know, to, to, what would you do? To, ah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um. One word. Zircon. Zircon. Oh, yeah. You can't listen to this episode. Okay. That's right. Well, I don't think I don't know if they can hear the lispy whispers, <laughs> as I like to say. Uh, My I, original band, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. You were saying? Oh, I was just I was gonna wrap You're it up. You're wrapping it up. A, is that acceptable? I feel guilty. See? 
I'll tell you what, man. This was so enjoyable that if you didn't wrap it up, I would be here till the frogs were chirping. I haven't left this much in on my show. Period. Like, really? I one hundred percent. She, Alvin was my. I think I laughed the most at that, and then you just topped Alvin. Well, thank you. I guess uh, you know, in all honesty, I kind of always wanted to be a stand-up, but I was too fucked up to stand up. So I just put it in novels because there used to be a lot of funny novels out Have there. Have you ever thought about doing like a, a one-man show type thing? If it weren't for the fact that they were called one-man show. Uh, <laughs> How about a man, man play? I've read about man play. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Are you a bear? Is that what you're saying? Are you looking for a cub? As I get older, I slowly turn into, I'm slowly <laughs> turning into a bear. Looking Is for a more? cub. Uh, yeah, well, you know, that's a uh, fail in all genres. That's one I haven't tapped yet. The one man show, but that I'll think about it. All right. Uh, that might involve memorization, which could be tough. I have notes on stage. I'm, I don't trust my brain. You just told that great joke. Yeah. Did you see me? Did, could you see you the internal struggle? <laughs> Cause I've been it. opening up with that joke for six years. If I couldn't remember that, but it's the middle of Is the that, act. I start getting confused by Has anybody... Recognize said I saw that joke in nineteen no ninety nine no but it's like a more but it's uh, and my friend pointed out there was a yeah. there, there was a comedian in Chicago named Dwayne Kennedy who's incredible he just really just sort of always on the fringe but like guys like Jeff Garland were like he's the man yeah like Pr- Richard Pryor great yeah and it, my sort of like Joe Ankus I don't know Joe Ankus he was the guy who let you know. Uh, sort of behind Lenny Bruce and oh, like Jack Roy, who became yeah. Rodney Dangerfield, and all those guys. He was the guy they just loved, and who would be the funniest guy when they all spritz in at like the coffee shop at three in the morning. Yeah, it's so it's, it's a shame to me that those guys always get kind of lo- like their their work somehow doesn't exist. Like nowadays, yeah. it would exist out there if if they douched out and went on Twitter or something. Yeah, I'm always I kind of always am. Impressed by people who refuse to participate in social media. I did for years, and now I've lost all cred, even with myself. You kind of—I mean, do you think you have to? I just to? figured, fuck it, get over yourself. You know, get over yourself. And and as a result, a lot of people, I think, even like the Nerdist guys and stuff. I think it was all kind of through doing podcasts and Twitter. So, social media turned out to be kind of enjoyable once you could forgive yourself for joining a movement for which you might have contempt. <laughs> that's you, what I feel like podcasts are kind of a saving grace because in a in an era that's everything's very fast and short and blah, 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 mm-hmm. this is the one medium that people are really taking their time and like doing something that you have to fucking listen to. Well, theoretically, books are like that too. They take some time, which yeah. is why most people listen to books now. Yeah. You can do it in a car. But I have a lot of books that come out, and I, I don't know. I, I'm conflicted whether I'm irritated by this or not, but <laughs> there's a lot of, like, just garbage fluff books. More, no. It seems like. <laughs> you're take, you're going ever. out on a limb, my friend. Wow. You'll say anything, and you don't even care. I don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck, man. But it's like. I fuck feel like all y'all. Other, yes. Like in, I feel like in the old it's days, it's always been shit, though. That's just how it is. But didn't it seem? And maybe I'm just being dreamy or, or rom, romantic. Kind of dreamy. <laughs> Thank you. That's the first thing I thought. But like, you could be a relatively unknown dude, write a great book, and people would pay attention to it. Or maybe I'm nuts. Did that not exist in the times of yore? If you're a very lucky dude, that could happen. Or you could just suck and get a lot of press and be the next big thing, and the rest is history. Who knows? Yeah, who does? 
But I think you're going to get a lot of press from your book. I God. because everybody you have enter interview. This is probably your master plan, but everybody you've enter inter, ever enter interviewed. <laughs> Everybody you've interred. Or entered. I've entered a few people you've in my entered, days. Yes. Um, I shouldn't give, you know, my girlfriend's here. I can't give exact numbers. You were, you were a bit of a roué. Yeah, did like you, your books. Do, do that again. 20s. Do that. Do that. I don't know what I did. <laughs> you went five. Oh, <laughs> subconsciously. <laughs> wow, what a rascal. Five. Woo. Okay. Hey, you know what, Jerry? Some of them were without condoms. And you had, re- had, to, you had some repeaters. Yeah, a couple... <laughs> Five. Couple repeaters. Five. Count them. I was a late bloomer. Twenty, I lost my virginity. That's okay. I was terrified of women. Thank God for liquor. That's what did it. If it lick, if the booze didn't exist, I probably would still be a virgin. You'd still be at four. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck were we saying though before my sexual escapades? I, th- I think you were guiltily wrapping it up. Oh no. But yeah, but then we went somewhere else. Ah, fuck. We did. This, you know what? This was great, man. Oh, you were saying my plan of eating Yeah, I was both. saying your plan is, except I couldn't pronounce the word, your master plan is to have all the people, perhaps, you've interviewed come out for your book, blurb your book, talk about your book on their various, dare I say, platform. Platform. It was the... Uh, Two words I really love, platform and content. You just, <laughs> you just feel good about being an artist. You if do. you refer to it as platform or your brand, I like your brand when people yes. refer because art should be it's a all brand. about branding. That, yeah. what do you do when you're branded and you know you're a man? You don't know that reference, the I, rifleman Chuck Connors. I do know that reference. Okay. Remember that song? I'm a what TV do you do baby. when you're branded and you know you're a man? That okay. might have been a way before you, but uh, in Chuck Connors, the rifleman, they were on in reruns as a kid. I, and that's they're, they're on reruns now. That's how my I'll be watching it the second you're out of here. So I spend my days watching old I, Chuck Connors. That's TV how shows. I feel. That was a form of my education, especially mm-hmm. comedically. Like I watched F Troop and all that. Forrest stuff. Tucker. That's you know what he again. was famous for. What was he famous for? Look it up. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lower the real estate. Big Dick. Let's just say him and Milton Berle. Leave it at that. And Liam Neeson. And Mick and Rooney. I don't know about Liam. I, I thought maybe. Wasn't, he, that, I thought maybe of, wasn't that kind of a movie? <laughs> Well, I have been in porn in my day, but that was not involving Liam Neeson. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, Liam. That's too bad? <laughs> well, well you, you know, he's, he's an Oscar winner. Is he? Are you about to say Oscar Meyer? I, know, I, I can just see how your mind works, man. You're just going south on me. <laughs> he's an Oscar Meyer winner. <laughs> oh, man. You know what we're going to say about this one? What? As is often said in my work, highbrow. 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 My show has peaked, and it's, I mean, this might have to be the last episode ever. It's been a pleasure. We're Thank shaking you. hands. Thank you very much. And now something is itching on my palm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Visit thematdwyer.com. Follow me on Twitter. If you can go to the Amazon link and, and use that to do your shopping, the Conversations with Matt Dwyer page. Or donate some money to the podcast. That would mean a great deal. Uh, And support all the other shows on feralaudio.com. Thank you very much.
the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.